This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, y'all. This is Patty, Queen of the South. I just wanted to take a second to let y'all know how much Schedulicity has truly changed my life. Not only does it keep my clients involved and informed with everything going on through texts and emails, it also allows me to take payment using the app at a lower fee cost than any other app I've ever used. And as a family and a business, Schedulicity is truly there for you and really goes out of their way to make sure that you have exactly what you need to be successful as a business owner. And I mean, it just... It's beautiful energy, y'all. It's so nice to be around people who kind of get it, you know? And for that reason, I'm so grateful for Schedulicity and everything that they continue to do for me and my business. So if y'all have a second today, check out Schedulicity. Love and light, y'all. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, is it with my boy, Tony. What up? What's up, brother? Nothing, man. Chilling like a villain, getting ready to get into this conversation that I'm pretty doggone excited about. Dude, me too. And it's funny. And before we reveal the mystery, guess, the which, reveal. although you already know who it is, because uh, <laughs> it's already up, you know. But anyways, uh, the person that we're talking to today, uh, when we first uh, met her or, you know, learned about her, we were a little scared of her. Uh, we were definitely scared. I, I certainly was. I can't speak for you, but I was definitely scared of her. And um, and uh, she's already revealed that she has a famous RBF. So you know that RBF uh, didn't did, didn't make it a <laughs> didn't make it a welcoming. I should say because I was already uh, really intimidated about her. Um, but she's like a lady boss, man, like a gangster. You know, <laughs> that's it, man. She is a lady boss. You know. So um, real quick, we have to give uh, give Miss Dana Ranger a shout out. Uh, Dana Ranger was a local i don't she i always mess it up she was either regional director or regional manager of a bunch of cosmoprof salons um she just we got on her radar super early like the first month that we started the podcast she became a fan of what we were doing and she introduced us to our guest today and who is that? So our guest today is Miss Megan Gentz, and uh, Megan she'll go, she'll kind of go through her 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 uh, whatever her story about about it. But um, a couple of years ago, she was working for Cosmoprof, and we certainly were 
I think we were, I was more intimidated um, because we were trying to find somebody's attention, right? We were trying to find somebody, you know, other than like a regional manager, like Dana's attention. We we're trying to find someone at corporate's um, attention. So I think that, uh, that, that that was intimidating. And, and I mean, honestly, Megan kind of gave us a little bit of attention early on, but now it's like, oh, somebody's watching. So there's all that insecurity and, you know, all that, uh, what do they call it? Imposter syndrome kind of stuff that's going on. So, you know, it was, uh, it was actually, I would kind of like to get into that conversation, <laughs> Because <laughs> we've never heard that story, but uh, from her end. So I, I certainly would like to get into that. But um, without further ado, should we do? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, Miss Megan Gentz, welcome to your day off. Thank you so much for having me, guys. No imposter syndrome necessary. You are amazing and killing it and bringing inspiration. And we appreciate you in the industry. Oh, Megan, you're the sweetest. Um, I, I forgot to say it in, in, in the pre-talk, but but we are, I, we've wanted, I We've wanted to bring you on for a couple of years, and then because of this miraculous app, Clubhouse, um, I uh, we, we, I heard uh, a point that you made, and I go, oh, we need to talk about that because that's really, really important for the industry. So, uh, one, like, how you digging Clubhouse? You know, Clubhouse is interesting to me um, because it's almost like full circle in social media. We went from just seeing pictures of people and not being able to talk to anybody to now we're literally just talking to people and we're not looking at any pictures. So I'm, I'm kind of finding my footing in it. Um, I heard, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying it, but I heard somebody describe Clubhouse as an interactive podcast. And I was just like, oh my God, it is a conference call, guys. It is, like, right. Calm down. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It's awesome. It's a great way for people to connect. And right. I've obviously loved it. I've connected with you guys. I've connected with lots of other artists on it. But like, we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's, right. it's just a place for us to have a conversation. Last week we were talking about um, about the podcast with Bree, I think, and, and we all kind of came to like we kind of came to the the realization that it's kind of like a hair show without all the stuff. It's like all the side rooms at a hair show because you can bounce in. It's like a convention hall, right? You can bounce in, you can bounce out, like whenever you want, and, and, and no, it, there's no offense, right? Yeah, I heard somebody say that um, the hair shows are just classes outside of flea markets. And that made me really sad, but also like I love flea markets. So oh, like okay. all the hustle and bustle and seeing what's new. Like I do miss hair shows, but I do I get that where it's you, know, you just want to talk to your friends. Yeah. So where where are you from? Where did you grow up? Oh man. So I actually live outside of Dallas, Texas, and I hope you can't hear it too much because I've fought that accent my entire life. Um, but I am like I'm from the industry. I was born into this industry. My mother has been licensed for 45 years. Um, she owned her own salon in California where I was you know, brought in. I sat in the little old ladies chairs while they were getting their wet sets and they would read to me. Like I grew up in her salon. Um, and when we moved to Texas, she kept doing hair on the side. She did all of her friends. So it was always around. Um, and I like, I never had like that, that calling where like I did all my Barbie's hair, like I cut all their hair off for sure, but I didn't like color them and braid them all the time, but it was always there. It was always around me and I loved it. And I loved the people and I loved getting here to hear everyone's stories. Um, so it was always just kind of part of my life. And when I got to high school and I, I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do with my life, my mom was like, why don't you go to beauty school, get your license 
it's always something that you can have in your back pocket. You know, people will always want their hair done, which I think we've like reiterated in the past year <laughs> yeah, no um, doubt. with those signs of, I need a haircut. But like, so I went and I got my beauty license and honest to God, I was never very good at it. <laughs> but I loved being around it. I love the industry. I'm really good at updos and like, don't tell Lala or Jenny or anything, but I, I can hold my own with an updo. And like, I just, I liked being around it, but it wasn't my career. Like I didn't find deep passion in being behind the chair. So right. like a lot of people, I then, I went to school, I went to college, I got a degree in psychology, which, you know, what are you going to do with that really? Other than I now really understand how people are thinking, how they're feeling. Um, it makes me really good at being empathetic and knowing kind of what people want to hear in the best possible way, right. which led me to a career in marketing. And, you know, how do you connect with people? How do you connect with your customers, your clients? And from there, like I spent four years um, in marketing and social media for a major hotel chain. And we built their, their whole social presence as my team. But I got real tired of hearing about bed bugs and <laughs> bad continental breakfasts. So I was kind of just floundering and like watching my mom still doing her friend's hair. And like, I love social media, all this cool new stuff that's going on. Wait, Megan, what, what, what year was this? Like, give us a timeline a little bit. I got my license in 2005. I graduated college in 2009. Got bored with my career probably 2014. Uh, right. So right at, the, right at the beginning of like when Instagram started getting hot. Yep. Right when um, all of my hotel branches started asking me if they could have individual Facebook pages. And then they started popping up with their own Instagrams. And we had to keep that under control for brand standards. Right. Um, yeah, so I got real bored talking about bed bugs and stuff, and this opportunity came up um, over at Big Red Sally Beauty, and it was social media and community for beauty, for the pro-beauty industry, and I was just like, that sounds like everything I love, right in one right. convenient package, and um, so I, you know, I applied for it, and I was very graciously chosen by Rachel Judd, who's another amazing woman in this industry. And I was just, I found my spot and I really, really enjoyed getting to build the Cosmoprof Beauty entire community from the ground up. And, you know, that culminated in the license to create awards and it was just my place. That is so all the, so you apply. I know, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So uh, when you got the email or call from Rachel, how excited were you? Like now you're kind of like back in the industry. So at first I thought it was for Sally proper and you know, the, the commercial side of it and the, the um, non-professional. So I was right. like, well, this is cool. You know, I like Sally. I have respect for Sally. Um, but when I went in for my interview and they were like, no, it's for the pro side. I was like, these are my people. I love these people. I'm obsessed with them. So I was so excited. And I was luckily given a lot of, lot of leeway and was able to kind of go where I felt the industry was going. And, you know, we tried everything. We tried every new platform that popped up and um, we were big on fail fast, like 
try it, get in it, see what it's about. If it's not working for it, get rid of it. Wow. So what, what, what were some of the platforms that failed fast for? Fast, fail fast. That's hard to say, man. Fail fast. Fail fast. Fail fast um, well, when I first started, we were trying to make Foursquare accounts for every single store location to count check-ins, and that yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't last long. Um, you know, just everything that pops up. I forgot we about Foursquare until she said something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> everyone did. Everyone. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Periscope was a little bit before I started here. That was definitely a Hilton uh, Hilton problem. Um, but yeah, so everything that comes up, we investigated. The, the four years uh, in the hotel industry, did you think it gave you uh, the experience that you needed for this particular uh, next step in your life? I think it was definitely a lesson in customer service, right? In how to answer everything with compassion because if you're staying in a hotel and you're just having the worst time, the last thing you want to hear is, well, you paid for a discounted room. What do you expect? So it's more of a, you know, we're so sorry we didn't meet your expectations. What can we do to make this right? And there's definitely, you know, our industry is about customer service. Everything we do is for our customers and our clients. So it really is important to come from that angle, no matter what you're doing, whether you're talking to a stylist or a client, it's, Thank you for sharing that with me. How can I help you? How can I make that better? How can I make your day easier? Like with all these amazing new products and, and you know, apps for scheduling and all this and that, how can I help you? Mm. That's, a, that's a simple like perspective, right? Right. She's, she's been simplifying everything, even with, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? With um, even like with four score. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you guys tried Instagram and, and, and then kind of that was it, huh? So when I, when I joined, we had an Instagram that had about 4,000 followers and every photo on it was either from a show or was a product shot that was literally shot in one of my team members uh, cubes. So everything on there was real rough. And I spent my first like month just deleting stuff. Just like nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see the marketing manager from a brand at behind a booth at a show. Like we got to think about what do we want to be showing? Are we bringing value? How are we bringing value to these people? Why do they want to follow us? And that was really the, the beginning of understanding who we were speaking to and then really speaking to them. Wow. So what were the big changes that you made as far as like uh, visually? Well, of course, you know that there's been a lot of evolution. It used to be like all, excuse me, it used to be all like side by sides, like inspiration and then the hair, or it used to be, you know, before and afters. And there's a lot of conversation of which do you post first, the before or the after, do you make them swipe? So we, we learned along the way and we tried every different combination of content. Um, but what we really landed on was a kind of a four pillar approach to anything we posted. And those pillars led up to the acronym EPIC. Everything that we posted needed to be EPIC. And that was educational, professional products, inspirational, and community-based. So everything we did supported the community in an EPIC way. 
That's awesome. So the community meaning like 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 the pro beauty uh, the pro beauty members is that is that yeah like uh, artist features you know even if they're not showing a technique or you know using a particular product that we needed to be selling at that point if mm-hmm. we were highlighting the community we were doing our job. Are they still following the epic? program today you think you know i keep an eye on the page because it's my baby and i I built it Mm -hmm. but a lot of change has gone on in the building and it's i don't know that that is a tenant that they follow all the time anymore okay well so that then (laughs) (laughs) hey so um so at what point and well was it your brainchild to then start to bring in artists was that kind of uh was that your brainchild or, or, or how did that evolve? So that was actually Rachel Judd. Rachel Judd had a great working relationship with Larissa Love. And Larissa, as you know, has you know gone on to do amazing things, but she was our first artist influencer ambassador. And so my she actually technically started at Cosmoprof before I did. Larissa signed her contract a week before. I came on. Oh, wow. So I kind of was brought in and was like, here's Larissa. She's going to be your best friend. And I was like, thank God I love this chick because I spent a lot of time with Larissa. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we learned a lot from each other. It was her first professional ambassadorship. So we learned what kind of, you know, language we were going to be using in our posts and, you know, how to communicate together, how to communicate our, our you know, goals out to the community. Um, so we, we learned a lot together. Um, and then from there, it was kind of an evolution of, okay, well, Larissa has this community. She speaks really well to this community. But we have so many other different types of customers that we also want to represent and we want to speak to. And that is where um, the artistic team came from. So that was, that was kind of my contribution of, okay, Larissa's amazing and she's doing a lot for the brand. But we need more people to speak on our behalf, because when a you know when a big brand tells you something, when a big brand says, "Hey, buy this product; it's on sale," you don't really listen. But when a peer says, "I love this product because it's making my life easier," that resonates. A hundred percent. So, so we're talking to her tomorrow, by yeah, the way. Yeah. We're, we're oh, talking yeah? to her tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 uh, if you have any juice on her, Megan, you know, share it up, uh, after the podcast <laughs> so we can, uh, so we can bring it up to Larissa. Hey, who was on that original team? The original team was Larissa, Jacob Kahn, Low Wheeler, Christina Cridal, and Phil Ring. We've had them all except for Phil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 We definitely have. That's awesome. So how did you listen? There's a thousand hairdressers in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and there's thousands, I should say, multiples, multiple, multiple thousands. So how did you, how did you land on, on, on those five studs? Well, you didn't land on Larissa. She was already a stud in your eyes, but in, in your world, but uh, how, how did you, uh, how'd you get the other, uh, the other four studs and, and why, why were they the ones? They were the ones because they were persistent. they sought me out I don't know who told them who I was I was always very behind the scenes Um, but at shows we would be walking the floor I guess walking the floor with Larissa at any given time is kind of like who's that walking with Larissa Um, but you know they would come up and say hi I'm Phil or I'm Jake Um, and they kind of caught my attention in that way and then I kept an eye on them 
And, you know, what are they doing? Are they growing? Are they showing valuable education? Um, and they were always showing up in our, on our feed, right? They were tagging us. They were staying in front of us. Um, and really, we grew that relationship through DMs, through tags, um, and at shows. And every time we would see them at shows, we would make sure to connect. But and, they, but hold on, but they didn't, they weren't aware that they, that you were building a team, right? Nope. They just wanted to be, um, you know, featured by Cosmoprof. They wanted to be around the team as we grew. I think, I think it was at an important time where, you know, there weren't all these teams, there weren't all these brand ambassador, you know, influencers. So I think maybe they saw something was coming and, you know, I, I might have skipped a tiny piece where my first ISSE, so 2016 ISSE, um, I was allowed to hold an influencer summit. So I convinced our leadership to let me spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars to have an influencer summit where I invited, I think, 20 or 25 of the biggest names that I knew of to come have lunch and a photo shoot with us because we wanted to feature more real artists. And that was also kind of my get to know you, you know, are you a diva? Are you down to earth? You know, what kind of person are you? And that really grew a lot of relationships as well. So that was my very first influencer moment. And I will tell you, you guys say you were intimidated like to have me on the show or to meet me. I was terrified of this influencer summit. I was like outside making sure that the snacks were all ready because I didn't want to go in the room. Like, be seen and Jay Wesley Olsen and everyone was sitting in there waiting for me to come in and like say something impressive. And I was just like, hi guys, you make really pretty hair. And I want to work with you. So it was like this crazy, crazy experience. And they walk, and I walk in and they think I'm important. I'm just like, I'm really not, I promise. But let's be friends That's and let's funny. grow this thing together. You know what's funny wow. about that, Megan, is actually, it's kind of full circle for us because we actually met at a at the digital summit. You know, the Modern Salon Digital Summit was the first place. And that was, I mean, from what you were saying, that kind of reminded me of that weekend. Like that weekend was like filled with influencers and like in just like chatting on like on, on real levels and stuff. And then honestly, that's when I, we first met. Um, I think it was you and Ashley, right? We met that weekend, uh, hanging out that weekend. So, uh, so no, no, we totally get that feeling. You know, we totally get that. And, and we had only been doing the podcast at that point for about 10 months. And then, um, and then we were asked to come on stage and like, I've got a whole story about that. That's my first time on stage that weekend. Um, in, 20 plus years because I had a meltdown on stage when I was a young hairdresser. And then Megan, here's what's crazy is like five years later, I would still wake up in the middle of the night and like sweating, like reliving that, that, that meltdown that I had on stage. So, so I, I was, I was dealing with all those emotions that weekend too. Um, but anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but just, look at, just, you, just now. Say, look at you now. I know I still get no, you know, what's crazy. Speaking of clubhouse, I had those same feelings on Clubhouse the first time that I had to come Wait, speak on what the do you floor. Say? And it's like, is it is it my turn? I have something to add. Like, 
I was just so nervous. Like my heart's pounding and I'm sweating a little bit. And I'm like, I talk on a mic all the time. Why is that this moment? Why am I so nervous? Or you it's can so- see that like they're going down the line and there's only yes. two bubbles ahead of you. And you're like, what am I going to say though? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And coincidentally, it was Gina's room, you know, Gina's coming down, you know, and it was like, and I think she was asking for like, what's your motivational quote of the day or something. And I'm like, I just wanted to be on the stage. I don't even know if I have a motivational quote of the day, but, but whatever. I don't know. We, we got sidebar there, but, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, no, I totally get those feelings of like, of like, am I important enough to be, well, well, I mean, it goes back to imposter syndrome, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, we were, we were off. We, I certainly know that I was feeling it that weekend. So, so when you're in that, in that room with all those influencers are after that meeting, did you know who you wanted to work with or did you want it to work with all of them? Or did you, uh, I mean, what was your, your process for that? We had a good, we had a good idea of who we really clicked with and, you know, who we going into it, we had obviously selected these people because we knew that they had quality work and they were good educators or they had the potential to become good educators. Um, but this was really, who am I going to be able to text and say, Hey, can you mention this or this or that? So it was, it was a process of getting to know them. And then of course you have to go back and convince the leadership of this is why this person will be valuable. You know, this is their personality. This is who they reach. This is the the top brands that they regularly use. And the reason that I think sounds terrible, but I think the reason that I was really good at my position was I was able to connect with all the artists and know what was important to them and not push them to use language that wasn't native to them. But I was also able to go back to the office and say, this is who they're reaching. This is going to help us reach this goal, this, you know, this monetary goal, this brand. And it kind of bridged the very corporate and the very artistic minds that we needed to reach. So I was able to convey that to both sides. And the same in reverse of if leadership was like, no, we need to talk about the 10% sale. That's going to be our biggest driver of the quarter, like da, 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 da. I was able to tell the artist that in a way that didn't sound salesy. Right. But to make that make them understand that this is important to us and this is why. So it was a very, very unique position. I do not envy you at all because those are two totally different conversations. And, you know, those are, you know, those are the conversations that we've started to have, you know, on the podcast and like, and, and we're much more comfortable in that creative side than we are with that corporate side, you know, cause you know, we've been hairdressers for 30 years. So, you know, we, we don't, we kind of only speak in that, that on that side, right. We've never kind of had to do the other That's side. That's where the psychology uh, degree comes in. Cause you know, all right, I could talk to you cause I know, I know your language and I could talk to you cause I know your language, which you're looking so that's uh, actually, it's pretty brilliant. It was a very unique space and I, I thrived in it and I loved both sides of it. It would be funny if I was at my desk, like in the middle of a, you know, per my email below kind of situation. And then I would have an artist call me and I'd have to turn and just be like, hey, honey, what's up? <laughs> I completely turned it off. And, you know, you know, a suit would walk by my window and they would see me like, what? Like laying back. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. That's so cool. So, um, that's that, that, and that was kind of like, I kind of remember the cause, the cause pro team or, or that, those, those arti- those, those artists that kind of like kicked off a lot of the stuff because then the brand started to pick up like, like, like 
quote unquote influencers and stuff. Yeah. They did. They they all started having their own individual artists who were, you know, using their voice to speak for them. And um, from there, we learned that maybe not all brands were treating the artists with the respect that they needed. Uh -huh. um, so we kind of, I don't know why this, you know, evolved in the way that it did, but it went from the artistic team to the Cosmo Pros because we wanted to help represent all these artists who were getting a thousand DMs like, hey, I'll send you free product if you make this post and all these things that were being offered to them. And they didn't know what was appropriate, what their value was. So it was kind of a way for us to say, okay, if you want to work with these artists, I will help you. I will be that bridge for you or our team will be that bridge for you. And that's how it evolved into a low-key agency like a lot of our our days like I got to grow my team to help with the Cosmopros and all the artist activations because brands were just coming at us so hard of I need Larissa to talk about this I need Jake to talk about this and it's like well that doesn't align with Jake's personal brand but have you met this artist like right, how, right. how can we you know build this relationship how can you get the coverage that you want without compromising the actual artist integrity well so uh, so the brands that, you, that cosmoprof they carried they would just reach out to you so i, I see larissa's on your team so can you have her you know do x y and z for me hook a brother up kind of thing right, right. yeah <laughs> it started out that way but it didn't last that long we were like no she's very valuable you know these artists and their voice is very valuable we know um, what this could mean for you and this product. So definitely if she's going to be making content for you, there needs to be, you know, compensation beyond just product. All right. A little humble brag. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, Megan was, um, Megan in, in, in Cosmoprof uh, corporate was, was, um, was uh, gracious enough to, to sponsor our Presley Poe and Friends um, event that we had in Maryland. But I, you know what I'm most proud of that weekend, honestly, Megan, is, is that, um, we signed three Cosmo pros that weekend of people that were working behind the stage. And that was pretty, pretty cool. Like I was like, that's really cool. Cause that just means that the community that we're trying to build, like, like we have the right people in place and not, not a reflection on us, but a reflection on them. Right. right? So it, it was, it was, it was really cool. Like I was like, I left that weekend. Like that's really, really cool. That, that was that, awesome. That, 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 that it wasn't, it wasn't the people on the stage that was getting the recognition necessarily. I mean, they've gotten their own recognition, but yeah. it was the people that were behind the stage and like, and that, and to their credit, that shows that their work ethic was good because eyes were on you. That, that means that, that, that it, it was to, to say yes to everything kind of, um, kind of, kind of weekend. So it, it was, I was, I was really, really mega proud of that. Yeah, Ashley was there for that event. I didn't get to go personally, but I trust her, you know, 100%. And she was there saying, hey, we need this guy. We need this girl. Um, I think that's when we found Gabriel. Um, yep. So that was that was kind of the big takeaway from that weekend for her was she came back and said, hey, I found three really great artists and we should look at them. That's so cool. That that kind of gave me the chills again. That was kind of cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's really really cool. So as as a big brand, what were you looking at that that you know? Because everybody has their own unique uh, kind of swag or flair, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean it fits into your game plan. So what was Cosmoprof or what were you guys looking at, and how did you determine uh, that someone would fit into your bubble? 
So you need a good mix of personalities, right? You need the more calm people who are going to be good educators, who are going to make thorough videos. Then you need the, the big personality people who are just going to say, you know, buy this because I said so because it's awesome. And you need that, that sounds a little bit like Keon Washington. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Keon is one million percent energy at all times, and I love him so much. He is one of my good friends. Um, but yes, he is he is hard to steer. Um, <laughs> but if you give him a, a purpose, he'll get it there, he'll get you there. Um, but really, we like you said, we were looking for people with good work ethic who were making quality content that we could easily pick up from your page and share on our page. Um, and we were looking for people who, like you said, say yes to everything kind of weekend. That wasn't exactly what we were looking for. We were looking for people who had integrity, but were willing to you know, meet what we needed. So if I need you to make a story with exactly four slides and the last one's a swipe to this website, like I need you to be able to do that but with your own voice and your own style. Mm. So when you guys first formed the team, you have like, uh, what is it? Five, five, the initial five, right? So when you, when, when you were getting drop off from the people that were like, then leaving the team and then were you stuck on that? We're going to have five or has it, has it grown since then? Or like, what were those five, like what positions were they filling that then, that then you had to, to refill, if that makes sense? So in the very beginning, it was very methodical, right? So like we had a color specialist, we had a blonding specialist, we had a cut specialist, we had an updo artist, like we had these these buckets that we were trying to fill. Um, the updo artist came later, that was Lala. <laughs> I see you checking the list. Um, but so at first it was very much like types of products, types of customers, right? Yeah. And then it evolved to be even more of, you know, representation within the industry of the types of people who are hairdressers and who are nail techs. And, you know, I fought so hard to get a nail tech on the team for the longest time, but it just, it wasn't in the cards for us for some, for one reason or another, but we wanted to be very representative of the industry. And it did grow. At one point we had eight, <clears throat> but I think it, Unfortunately, priorities are shifting and, you know, that's kind of come back down a little bit, but it was always to be representative and so that artists could see themselves on the team and know that we were there to support you. You know, our big, our big claim to fame, our motto was, you are licensed to create. You can create a career in any way you want. You can create, you know, beautiful works of art. This is your life to create. That's awesome. It's it's awesome too that it's almost like you gave them permission, right? Like you gave them permission to like, yeah, you have a license to create. Now, speaking of license to create, I know one of your most proud moments was actually um, creating the uh, the license to create. I don't know, is that an award or or you know awards? Yeah, awards. So uh, how did that come about? And yet that it just kept growing, right? Like all these people wanted to be either on the artistic team or a Cosmo Pro and everybody wanted to be part of it and was like, our family had grown so much and we can only do so many posts in a day to recognize you. And one of our earliest um, successful programs was the hair of the day. And we did a hair of the day post Monday through Saturday. And then on Sunday you voted. And the winner of the hair of the week was like this coveted piece. And we put the four winners of hair of the week 
in the Cosmoprof brochure for the month. Wow. And that turned into like this place that everybody wanted to be. They wanted to be featured in the brochure. And it really grew from there of, well, we're just doing hair. Like there's so many other facets to the industry. And I kind of asked a few people at shows. I was like, well, if we did an award show, would anybody enter? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, but there's already, you know, there's already great award shows out there. There's already this and that. And the feedback that I got was, those weren't, those were very aspirational. They have a place. They are like high production value or, you know, you have brand sponsors behind you to create these amazing works. But there wasn't really a place for your average artist who is creating in their studio suite or behind the chair in their salon to really showcase their work. And that's really where the License to Create Awards came from. It was an award show for everyone to enter and show what they can do. And almost all the winners were, you know, unknown before. And right. they were just amazing unfound talent that then went on to have opportunities with brands because they were on this amazing platform. That's awesome. My favorite acceptance ever was Mr. Johnny Cash. Yeah. yeah he did yeah. a cartwheel. He like and, flipped on stage or something. Yeah, exactly, man. He's such a he's such a character. He's another one that was at our Presley Poe event. Um, uh, event, and you talk about like a just sweet guy, you know, Jay Cash, just a sweet, sweet guy. Like definitely a homie, you know. Like, like I can't honestly, I can't wait to get back on the show just so we can kind of uh, hang out with hang all the out people with again. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody. that was literally one of the most stressful nights of my entire life. Like the whole day leading up to it, just running around premiere just making sure everything was perfect. And do you know, I only saw the show after the fact. I watched a recording. <laughs> I was in the back running around, like pulling artists of, okay, your category's next. Are you ready? Do you, where are your shoes? Like, was, everybody get on stage. So it was amazing. You know, we came out at the end and, you know, my partner in crime, Jessica Iteralde, who who put the show together, who was really the one who made sure the lights came on, we came out and we were just so overwhelmed uh, with gratitude that A, anybody showed up, anybody entered, like right. we were just so proud. That's so cool. Did you, um, did you, uh, how'd you partner with Premiere? So Premiere actually um, helped us with the, with the space. So they gave us the theater in exchange for, you know, promoting the show and, and everything like that. All right. So let's let's get into the conversation what really uh, struck our attention uh, on Clubhouse. And if someone's out there and they want to get discovered or get noticed or grab your attention, especially as far as a big brand to get recognized, what would you say to them or how would you coach them about doing that? I would say the first thing to know is know who, who do you want to partner with? Because depending on your goal, you should have a different presence online. If you want to work with a brand, with, that, with a specific brand, make sure you're an authentic user of that brand. Make sure that anytime you tag like Kenra, for instance, that they see that, that every customer you use you're using, you know, that hairspray or that, that cream. 
and they'll know you. They'll get to know you. If you tag them enough, they will get to know you and you will be persistently and consistently showing up in their feed. They'll get to know your, your, your name, your handle. And then when they have a need, like, oh, we really need to promote this new hairspray or it's on sale. Oh, well, you know what? This person always uses it. Let's go look at their page for content. So if you're consistently being in front of someone, they'll notice you. Um, but that's different for, so that's if you wanna work with a specific brand, be an authentic user of that brand, first of all. But if you're wanting to get education, like if you're wanting to be an educator, then be a subject matter ex expert in that field. Um, for instance, Lisa, Lisa Carrillo, she is an amazing textured stylist. And she does everything from cut, color, styling, and she uses a, a barrage of different brands. But she has made herself a subject matter expert in super curly. So it's you need to know who you are and what your goal is and be authentic to that. Because the goals for a brand are different than the goals for a big share page um, like Cosmoprof or Salon Centric or anybody that's looking for an all-around artist. So definitely be consistent. Do you find people tend to try to do everything and they get they get the water themselves down so they don't necessarily look particularly strong at one thing? That can be an issue. That can also be, you know, in the beginning when artists are starting to get noticed or trying to get noticed, they'll take a lot of small gigs. Um, you know, I'll, hey, I'll send you this free shampoo if you make me six posts about it. Right. Well, do you even like that shampoo? Do you even like that brand? Um, if I see you using a different shampoo every week, maybe you're not loyal to that brand or maybe you're not an actual subject matter expert in it. Um, you're just looking around. But at the same time, that could be a benefit to someone who's like, hey, try everything that's new. We had some Cosmopros, like you can imagine how many products we got in that we needed authentic um, reviews on. And we would send new stuff to them. They didn't have to post about it, but we wanted their real opinions on it. Right. That's pretty cool. Do um, Did you also use your Cosmopros for, let's say, like X brand was trying to get into Cosmoprof, like to, to, to you know, to be distributed by Cosmoprof? Did you did you send products there to be like, is this product what we they're saying? Definitely send them products to get their opinions. Our um, our procurement team, our buyers would just leave stuff in my office all the time. It was just like, hey, can you ask somebody to try this out? And I'm like, Sure. Who, who would you like to try it out? And, um, you know, we had all sorts of products and lots of tools and gadgets that they would be like, is this worth its salt? Um, so, you know, I would send it to an updo artist or say, hey, do a wedding with this and see what happens. And we would definitely get real feedback before bringing products in. That's so it's so cool. How many how many Cosmopros um, approximately are there? Um, when I left, we had about 80. That's incredible. Wow. That makes me feel even more proud that we had four of them. Four, Megan, four. Right. <laughs> I'm sure we would have kept growing, but it became like, it, I eventually, uh, when I left, I was the director of social media and community. So I was kind of overseeing all of our, all of our different, um, our platforms, our artist programs, and it became more I was more focused on the artists than some of the more corporate pieces. So right. I had to kind of shift gears and, you know, my team got to be more hands-on with the artists and I, I really missed that, but it, it was important to have both sides. 
That's so awesome. All right. So another thing that uh, I'm, I'm putting you in the corner here, Megan, I hope I don't uh, make you sweat. So if I, let's say I'm an artist, let's say I'm a Cosmo pro, let's say that, um, you know, a brand is interested in what I'm doing. And then the very first step that you do is you have to sign a contract. So when one signs a contract um, from a corporate side, is there stuff that an artist should be looking out for to better protect themselves instead of better protecting the brands? Definitely get someone to read through it with you. Um, maybe it doesn't have to be a lawyer, just somebody who's maybe in more of a corporate role uh, because sometimes brands will slip things in there that do benefit them more than you. And a lot of those are like exit clauses. Um, sometimes they'll say, we can drop you at any time, but you can't leave us. And that's kind of, I mean, that's shitty for lack of a better word. But definitely make sure that the deliverables are realistic. If they're wanting 10 posts a week, but they're only paying you, you know, $1,000 a month, that's not really realistic to your time. What would you be, you know, making if you weren't making that content? How, how is your value actually being represented here? And that's the main thing that I still have, you know, a ton of friends that are, that are influencers and ambassadors. And they'll ask me, they'll say, does this sound right? And I'll be like, just, just tell me, because they can't show me the contract. I'm fully aware of that. They can't actually show me. But if they tell me kind of the terms, mm -hmm. I can say, I think you can push back a little bit here. Or, you know, here's some verbiage to use of that they'll understand so that they know that you're not just going to say yes to anything. Um, you know, length of, length of contract as well. If someone's trying to lock you in for four years, who are you going to be in four years? Like, right. who were you four years ago? Does that make sense for you? I would say the max that you should really sign with a brand is two years. Um, just because you can kind of plan your life for two years at a time, right? I mean, that seems like a lot. And then with last year, nobody had that planned. <laughs> but more than two years is kind of, you don't know where you're going to be in your life. Especially if you double that down with like, they can get rid of you, but you can't get rid of them. So right. that like, you don't want to be stuck. Um, I would also make sure, like I said, the deliverables are reasonable. Um, make sure that your value is being shown. Make sure that like we mentioned on Clubhouse of paying for travel. You shouldn't be leaving your salon, going to a show, educating for a brand or a company, and you shouldn't be paying your own way. If, if they're taking you away from your every day, they need to get your travel, pay your day rate, and, you know, make sure that you're taken care of while you are representing them because you are. So you're saying that um, once I leave the salon in my travel day, I should also be getting paid my day you're rate. On the clock. You're on the clock. You're, you're on my yeah. clock. And with that same, you know, flip of the coin from the brand's perspective, you're representing me from the time you get to the airport. Mm -hmm. So like the second you are in public on your way, you make sure not like put together because who looks amazing when they're flying or whatever, but make sure that you're not acting a fool in the hotel bar or the airport. You know, <laughs> you are representing us. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, and um, from a brand's perspective, like if, like if, if you were, you know, coveting Tony and I, would it also be appropriate to add our own line items into the contract? You can absolutely ask for things. 
you, and the you, brand, but the brands, we always get nervous. Like, well, if we ask for too much, is are we going to sour the relationship or something? But but the brands are kind of expecting that in a weird way, right? It, I don't mean weirdly, to say right. Like they weirdly <laughs> respect it, right? Because you're not just saying, "Okay, thanks. I'll do anything you ask for me." Um, but if you have things that you like or that you would, you know, you see value in having, definitely ask for it. I wouldn't. I would definitely pick, you know, what are you going to die on? What hill are you going to die on? Is it, you know, Uber X or Uber Platinum or whatever? Or is it just making sure that your transportation is paid for? Right. Maybe you, you need to stop asking for the chocolate covered strawberries in our hotel room, Corey. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> the hotel, they'll do that. All right. <laughs> yeah, our rider is huge, Megan. <laughs> We've talked about it on the podcast. You know why people have like, like these crazy requests in their riders? Because no yeah. one says no. No, no, no. It's actually, it, it, it's really, really smart. So like they'll ask for like only like blue M&Ms, right? But it's always like one of the last line items in the contract. And the reason they do that is because immediately they know whether they've read the contract or not. They, and they know that if they're fulfilling all the stuff, like all the safety stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, don't put me near a fire pit or whatever, you know, whatever right. the safety stuff is, if they have blue M&Ms that they know that they lined item everything in there. So I actually think it was pretty smart. And it's, it's a, it's a very quick way to go like, oh, now that's how it started. I'm sure that, I'm sure that the writers have gotten ridiculous with other people. Yeah. <laughs> Just because. Of it. Now we've had, we've had people ask for ridiculous things that we had to say, okay, but what about this? Like, what if we made a compromise here? And um, I always respected it when people came back and asked for that, uh, when I, and asked for things. And it was, I always respected it. You know, we might say no, but here's a compromise. All right. So what's the, what's, I'm going to ask you a writer question. Don't give me the artist, but what's the craziest thing that, uh, that not necessarily the crazy, but what's a crazy thing that somebody requested that you just maybe couldn't fulfill? I'm sure it would have to do with food. Uh, we got a lot of crazy requests for food in the prep rooms and it would be like a sushi bar or something. And I'm just like, first of all, we can't just leave a sushi bar sitting in the back room for an hour. No one wants to eat that anymore. Nope. Um, but like it would, it would definitely be food related. And we had to be like, how about we order in sushi when everyone's ready? Like, <laughs> or I'll take you out to dinner and we can have sushi for dinner. So it was definitely food related. That's pretty awesome. That's funny. That yeah. is funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like no blue M&Ms. <laughs> Actually, blue M&Ms are available readily now, right? Yeah. Which, you can just order them in any color. I know, right? Actually, you go to the M&M store and they're like, you know, like $22 a pound or something crazy, you know, but you can get them any color that you want it. You can actually get like, you, can get, on them. you can get logos on them now, right? Yeah. That's so cool. I guess, I guess every, every contract is different, right? Yeah. I mean, every, cause everybody's date rate's a little different, maybe. Uh, every, so I guess, I mean, how do you take that approach with each individual or is it you work off a general contract and then have them uh, adjust it? Yeah, we, we had a standard agreement um, by activation. So if it was this brand wants five posts over the course of two months and da 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 da, this is what they are prepared to pay for it. And we would present that to the artist and say, okay, this is what they're offering you. Yes, no, maybe so. Like um, coming from a big brand side, it was a little bit easier to say, this is the offer. Is there any like, non-starters in it right. more so than you know you want to double the rate well we have a budget 
So we're not, we're not gonna be able to double it, but maybe one more post or one less post. So we, we took a general approach and then tweaked it from there. That's pretty cool. Hey, Megan, we love to talk about hiccups and, and, and I, we don't like to use the word learning. We don't like to use the word failures, but like learning experiences. So, you know, on those years that you were with Cosmo, is there a big learning curve or, or learning experience that, 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 um, that you had to uh, encounter or had to, let's be honest, get out of your own way about? there was any like huge things that happened I had a little bit of a uh, a conversation with leadership that kind of took me personally down a peg that was kind of on the basis of nobody cares who you are Mm -hmm. you don't need to be in the video or like because I'm always in the background right I was always in the background of videos and photos and I was making friends with everybody so there was a lot of selfies with the team um and it was kind of a you're not actually a celebrity or part of the team we want to see them and that was kind of a, a moment where I was like oh you're right this isn't about me mm-hmm. I need to I need to calm down and you know, that was, I would, I never put my own face on our Instagram. There was one picture of me on our Instagram when we hit a um, hundred thousand followers. There's one picture of me and the artistic team. But other than that, I never showed up. And this was kind of like, like weird. Like why, who said that there's too much of me, but it was still a lesson that I learned of. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's really not about me. I'm here to serve the community. I'm here to serve the artists. And that's something that I really took to heart and I actually have brought it into my newest role and it's really serving me well now. What is your newest role? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, My new role is actually communications director for Beauty Changes Lives. So we're a nonprofit that coordinates resources and scholarships and mentorships within the beauty community. And it's, you know, the epitome of, it's not about me, but who can I connect to help other people? That's awesome. Uh, we have two, two people that we absolutely adore that, um, I don't know if they're still connected with Beauty Saves Lives, Beauty Saves Lives, Beauty, give me it again. Beauty Changes, Beauty changes, Beauty changes lives. lives. It, it saves lives too. I mean, it, it does. does. If you got a bad cut, yeah. we got to fix that. That's exactly. But, um, you know, I know the very first um, recipient is our friend Danny Tiger. Um, and, uh, and you know, we adore her. And also I know that uh, a few years ago, at least, that our, our good friend Jen Plank was also um, involved with them as well. So, you know, it's definitely uh, a, a place that we respect a great deal. Yeah. Jen is still involved. We still highlight all of our past winners. And, and it's really anyone that has, was a winner in the past is in line to become a mentor. So you've proven that you are valuable and you have a lot to share. And now you can mentor the next generation of beauty pros. That's awesome. So once again, so kind of like, what is, what is, what are you guys doing? Like you're doing scholarships. Like I just posted something um, from them about, about some of the scholarships that they're offering and stuff. So moving into this, into 2021, what are you offering? You like those videos? Yeah, I posted it. I must like it. (laughs) Um, So we, we have four scholarship seasons. Winter, spring, summer involved, you know, not to sing the Gilmore song, but I do it in my head every time. Um, 
And we, in those seasons, we offer up to $45,000 of scholarships to beauty school, to esthetician school. Um, we're actually partnering with Green Circle Salons this season right. to, to get more salons enrolled and giving back and creating a more green space. And within each season, we can have, you know, 10, 15 winners who receive like $5,000 towards beauty school. And that can really help if you're paying your own way through school. I was very fortunate and I went to beauty school through my high school. We had a affiliate program with a local community college. But if you're going and it's your career or your second career and you're paying $20,000 for beauty school, this, this $5,000 or whatever the scholarship is, is really going to help get you there. So how, how would somebody uh, apply to this? So we have all of our all of our scholarships are listed at beautychangeslives.org and you can see which ones you, you qualify for. It's based on where you're at in school and what your specialty is. And it goes through you apply and we have industry icons like Jen, Jen Plank, who review all of the applications and they see in you, you know, that drive, that motivation and they help to choose the winners. Well, there's no better person to find drive or motivation than the right. Miss Plank, man. Yeah, she's, she's, awesome. she's like, she, uh, I can't get down that road because we just, that's another road warrior that yeah. we miss that we got to hang out a lot with. So we were doing, uh, we were brainstorming for a fundraiser and we were thinking some, one of the items that you could bid on was to have Jen call and wake you up every morning, yes. get you going, get you motivated for the day. And we were like, that might be a little too intense for some people at eight in the morning. Like, <laughs> I think we would apply for that. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt, man. A hundred percent. She, you know, she did that was really, really cool is that we did a, uh, we did an icon month, like leaders and icons of our industry. And Janet had a relationship with everyone that we kind of, you know, that we featured that. And what she did is she did like a, two to five minute like uh pre-recording like oh this is megan kent and megan and i are so awesome couldn't wait to listen to the podcast man so much energy yeah she's awesome man and uh, again just one that i absolutely uh miss on as one of the road warriors that we get to hang out with megan so if people need to find you or want to find you or have to find you how do they how do they get you don't give your home address, but, uh, well, you know, if you can find my home address, then you're <laughs> welcome to come over. Um, but no, so you can find me on Instagrams at Megan Gents. Um, I'm more than happy to help anybody. If you have questions about your, your contracts or opportunities that are being offered to you. Um, I do have a tiny baby child, so please give me some grace in responding. Um, but as far as scholarships and opportunities, please, please follow us on Instagram at beauty changes lives. Um, and you can find all the information for scholarships at beautychangeslives.org. Awesome. Miss Megan Gens, once again, I'm so grateful that, that after a couple of years, we're actually able to, uh, to do this. And, you know, now that we're friends, because I was so incredibly scared of you at first, uh, <laughs> you, you, you made me, you, I, I would have never thought when we first met that I would actually have you on the podcast as one of our homies, but you certainly have become a homie over the last couple of years. And, and we appreciate you. We appreciate your friendship. And uh, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. 
But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.